Praise God. Well, here we are. First, I want to say thank you, Pastor, for trusting me to stand in this holy place. Because I consider it a holy place. And I think it's kind of a weighty thing to be asked to stand in this place. Actually, I kind of think, why me? Like, I don't really deserve to stand in that place. I really do think that. So just so you know that. <laughs> but anyway, um, give me a second to... There's something... I was quickened right before I left the house. You know, I've not been one... You can sit down. <laughs> if I have to stand, you're going to stand. No. <laughs> but, you know, I've never been one to um, focus on the Lord's Prayer. I just never have. And I actually thought I was taught at some point that that kind of was like not for the church of today. I don't know where I heard that from, but... Recently, I have um, heard somebody ministering about the Lord's Prayer, and so I've kind of, it's like, Lord, I don't even know if I can say the Lord's Prayer. And so I've been reading it, and so I found it, I looked it up in the Passion Translation, and just before I came tonight, I was quickened that, let's pray, the Lord's Prayer. Out of, this is out of the Passion. Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms... May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us, forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Isn't that powerful in... So, like, I'm really getting into the Lord's Prayer. I think it might have been Dutch Sheets, actually, that kind of was encouraging people to pray the Lord's Prayer. And so I'm purposing to do that more and more. Okay. So who remembers? I'll give you a little test. Who remembers what I spoke on last time? Anybody? Love. Okay. Well, guess what? <laughs> We're still talking about love. But full disclosure here, okay, you know, I, I've... I've been on this love journey, as I told you, and I haven't stopped on this journey. But full disclosure is I listened to a message from, sorry, this paper's falling down, from Pastor Nancy and also Pastor Morgan. And they were different, but of course it, they were talking about love, and they both went off in me. And to be honest, it was very sobering. And it was just like, ouch. It just is going deeper, just going deeper in this love walk. And so last time I spoke about what love is. Um, and tonight I'm going to talk about the necessity of it. It's time to step up the game. Berna, you said that by the Spirit, didn't you? It's time to step up the game. Well, that's what I got. It's time to step up the game. Love's place in the life of the believer is everything. It's not optional. 
and no more excusing ourselves from it. No more. It's time to grow up more, more and more. And I also want to say that as, as I speak about this, I have not arrived in this, okay? I am a work in progress. So anything that I say here, I don't stand before you and say, I got it, now you guys go do it. That's not the case, okay? This is working in my heart. It's working in my heart, okay? It's time to decide not only to be people of faith, but to be people of love. Okay? Okay, in 1 Corinthians 14.1 in the Living Bible, I just wrote this down, it says, let love be your greatest aim. Listen to those words. Let love be your greatest aim. In the, in the New Living, it says, let love be your highest goal. And then in the Passion, it says, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. Greatest aim, highest goal. Okay? So why is that? It's like, okay, why? Why is it our greatest aim, our highest goal? Because faith won't work without it. That's number one. So that's something we need to stop deceiving ourselves about and really wake up and be sober about that. Our faith is not going to work without it. This was sobering for me. I was like, ouch. <laughs> and so the world will know we are his. So those are two reasons why. Okay? So we know from Romans 10:17, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. But faith works by love. And so, you know, I think I really heard that for the first time, really, <laughs> in these messages that I was like, wow. You know, you hear something, you hear something, you hear something, and then you hear it. And it's like, your faith is not going to work without the love. And that's Galatians 5, 6. Kenneth Hagin said, when symptoms show up in his body, the first place he looks is his love walk. So if there's lack that's showing up in our lives, it's our, that's the first place we should look, is where am I missing it in my love walk? And this, this was an illustration that Pastor Nancy gave, and I think this, like, I'm really good at um, visual, you know, give me a picture, you know, give me an example. That's how I learned. So she gave an example, and it was like, I, I, I see it. Love is the engine that empowers my vehicle of faith. Okay? Like a car, the vehicle is going nowhere without the engine. It doesn't matter how big or pretty or cool or expensive it is. It is not moving without an engine. And we can see that all over the island. You know, you see cars and, and stacked up in people's yards. They're not going anywhere because they don't have an engine probably. But so that, that, when she said that, that was something that's like, wow, that's heavy. Love moves my faith forward into the situation. If no flow of love 
My faith can be released, but nothing is propelling it forward. Nothing's propelling it. It's kind of just coming out and going right there. Love takes the faith of my heart that I release out my mouth into the situation. It's love that carries my faith words and actions to the situation. It's love that does that. So no love, no faith movement. That is the bottom line. No love, no faith movement. <laughs> I love this, this thought I had. Faith moves mountains, love moves faith. <laughs> so love is the key to my faith. That's the key right there. It's the key. He's given us the keys of the kingdom, right? There's, there's the key right there. Love is the key to my faith. And I, I wrote here, we must become sober about this. We've, gotta, we've really just got to wake up to this and be sober about this truth and quit excusing ourselves. Quit excusing. Before Jesus came was the old covenant, and there was the Ten Commandments, and they showed us what sin was, and they were to control the flesh like a harness. Pastor Morgan was saying this. It's like a harness on a horse that comes over it. It's not part of the horse, but it comes over the horse to control it. And it's very weighty. It's working from the outside in. Nobody could do it but Jesus. He's the only one that fulfilled the Ten Commandments. But God promised something better for us. Okay, so I have um, Ezekiel 36, 26, and this is in the Living Bible. It says, I will give you a new heart. I will give you, I will give you new and right desires and put a new spirit within you. I will take out your stony hearts of sin and give you new hearts of love. And I will put my spirit within you so that you will obey my laws and do whatever I command. And then in Jeremiah, this again is God promising, Jeremiah 31, 33 in the Living Bible, I will inscribe my laws upon their hearts so they will want to honor me. Then they shall truly be my people, and I will be their God. My laws. So what is the greatest law? Or the Ten Commandments is all wrapped up in the one law, which is love. So it says he inscribes his law. So he inscribed love onto our hearts. Say <sighs> la. Think about that. 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the Living Bible. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person. Inside. Inside. And he's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And what kind of life is that? A love life. How's your love life? <laughs> a love life has begun at that point. When we became new creatures. It's a love life. A new species of being 
filled with God himself. That's why when Jaime um, and Berna texted me last night and said, oh, do you have a song on your heart? I was like, oh, no, I haven't even thought about a song. You know, I've been working on this message. But then I really was. I was singing this song like all week. But it was, I got the love of God in me. That's the way I was singing it. So that's why I text you back and say, can we sing that song? <laughs> because that's been rolling. I've got the love of God in me. Praise God. So a new species of being filled with God himself. In 2 Timothy 1.7, we know it says that we have received the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So remember, we've received that. We've received it. Rules no longer on the outside, but something, someone on the inside. So we're not working from the outside in, we're working from the inside out. So it's God who is love in me. The new creation person is a love being. We are love beings. A love child. <laughs> that makes me think... Pastor Tubman, years and years ago, Catherine Tubman called me a love child. I was like, yeah. But she said that over me. I never forgot it, obviously. A love child. Um, this is who we are. This is who we are. We are Christians, Christ-like. That's who we are. This is who we are. And so I want to read out of the Living Bible. Let's see if I can do this. My the love. No, no, I changed my mind. Last minute. <laughs> I was going to read it out of the Living Bible, but I decided to um, read it out of the Passion Translation. And I'll just share this with you. I opened up my Bible. I must not have opened up to this chapter because I used that little one, the little Passion one that I had last time. I opened this up tonight to read it, and there was a note from Kaylin that she wrote in here, I love you always, on 513.23. And I had not seen that. I was like, anyway, just thought I'd share that with you. She left me notes all over the place, so this is another one. But anyway, this is um, 1 Corinthians 13 in the Passion Translation. And it says the title, Love, the Motivation of Our Lives. So I'm just going to read it. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I did not express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I'm nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor, and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. So here we go. Four, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. 
Love doesn't brag about one's own achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty. I lost my place. Oh, and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. It never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It never stops loving. Praise God. So, you know, th this kind of, at this point, this kind of, remember that Jesus said in um, one of the Gospels, he said, they were saying to him, Lord, we cast out demons in your name, and we did this. And he said, away from me. I never knew you. Well, I, I can't say I have a revelation on that, but I had a thought. I thought, because in, in this whole passage, it says you could have the gift of faith, and you could do this, and you could do that. But if, if there's no love, it's nothing. So I just wonder if there was no love in what these people were doing. And that's why Jesus said, I never knew you. It's just a thought. It was just a thought I had. I was like, wow, maybe that's why you said what you said. Because there was no love in it. So I, I just throw that out to you guys, too. So I have here, we need to stop viewing this like a bunch of rules we have to follow. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is, you know. Stop looking at it like a checklist of how to act. we got to stop that. Guilty as charged, you know. I've done that. You know, I got to do this. We need to renew our minds to focus on the truth of this is who I am. It's not what I do. It's who I am. The real me. The real me is a love child, a love being. I am made in his image, and God is love. So we could say, I am love. I am a love being. I have a new nature in me to draw from. Okay? So we have a new nature to draw from. It's a well of salvation. It's living waters, as we, as we sang tonight, the river, the living waters that flow. So what we're doing now is we're drawing something already there, not trying to act like something we're not. You know, I can't try to act like I'm, not pa I'm patient and I'm this and I'm kind all the time. In and of myself, I'm not. I'm not. But it's in me now. So I have a new place to draw from. And also in 1 Corinthians 13, that whole thing, love is kind, love is patient, this is how God loves us. Right? He loves us this way first. He's patient with us. He's always kind with us. This is how he is. And God is all of this and poured himself into me. This should be the measuring stick to show if I'm being true to me, if I'm being true to my new nature. So it's not, you can't be looking at it anymore like a, a list of rules that we got to do this. But it's, it's our measuring stick. And yeah, 
it's, am I being true to me, my new nature, a love child, when I'm being snappy and irritable? And then I'm not being true to my real me. I'm dipping from the wrong well. We need to stay in the flow of God's love coming to me and flowing through me. In Jeremiah um, 17, 13, it says, God is the fountain of living waters. You know what a fountain that kind of just goes, you know, doesn't really go out here. He's the fountain of living waters for us. And it's just him loving us and us releasing the love. And we should no longer pull from, this is just how I am. This is how I was raised. You know, this is just how I am. I'm always impatient. I'm always a little irritable. I'm always, you know, I'm always this, I'm always that. No, no. How I was raised, I've always handled things like that. I've always handled things like that. And, and this was something Morgan says, God doesn't want me to distance myself from the love in me by behaving contrary to it. When we're giving place to all this other junk, we're kind of separating from the love of God. I mean, he never takes his love from us, but we're kind of distancing ourselves from it when we're putting out the flesh, putting out the nasty stuff, the unlovely stuff. There's no love in that, so we're kind of stepping aside from that. Um, God doesn't want me to distance myself from the love in me by behaving contrary by yielding to the flesh and pulling from the old nature. We, have, we now have a new handle. We now handle all situations by dipping into the love well. It's a Holy Ghost handle that dips into my new creation love heart and brings it out. And then Pastor Nancy gave this example, and I thought this was really cool. We live on love's territory. That's home base for us. That's where we live from. Like property. God's property is the love territory. And like the property of my house is on, there are boundaries. And we've got trees all around, we've got the fence, and there is, there's boundaries. And that's where I have authority, is on my property. And that's where I'm safe, on my property. That's where my angels are, they're on my property. <laughs> they're on my property. When I step off my property, I'm now on my neighbor's property, and I don't have authority there. So every step out of the flow of love puts me on the devil's property. We step over onto his property at this point. And I don't belong there. We don't belong there. We don't belong on his property. <laughs> That's not where we belong. We don't have authority there. And I'm open game on his property. You know, I'm on his property, I'm open game. I give him access when I'm on his property. So when we step out of love, kind of we're stepping out from that hoopla. Is that what it's called? Billy Brim calls it the hoopla. And um, I have a, this little, this reminded me of this little story. We had the solar guy over at our house the other day fixing some stuff, and he was talking, 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 and he lives in in Hilo or on the big island and so he's talking about his dogs and he has this one bigger dogs and then he has a little dog that's his wife's dog the little one uh, a Maltese or something little like that and he said that the um, Maltese got off his property and went to the neighbor's property and was chasing the ducks and stuff 
Well, guess what? The neighbor didn't like that, so he got the BB gun out and shot the dog. Well, thank God the dog was okay, but he had to dig a BB out of the dog's face. Yeah, so, you know, that's just an example. When we get off God's property and we're on the devil's property, you know, we're on his property. <laughs> and we're, yeah, our, our protection is, um, is not there like it should be. So what does it mean to walk with God? Walking close to God is walking close to who and how he is. And he is love. Okay, so I was thinking, how can two walk together unless they agree? So if I'm in the flesh, you know, dipping out of the old well, you know, that, that's not an agreement with who God is. And we say we're walking with God. Well, we're kind of deceiving ourselves on that. So it's like, no, because God doesn't walk on that path. And what does darkness have in common with light? It, it's, you know, if we're going to say we're walking with God or close to God, we walk close to who and how he is. You know, what in... Um, Matthew 6.33, was it Pastor Wayne used to always talk about that out of the, the Phillips translation? I forget what translation, but he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things. You know, his way is the love way. So we're supposed to be seeking the love way. We're told to walk in the light as he is in the light. So the flesh is always going to be speaking loud. As long as we're in this body, we're going to have flesh, right? We got this flesh burger here. <laughs> but, you know, what do we have a little note? Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, so really, it's, it's our choice. It's our choice. God doesn't make us do anything, as we know, but it's our choice. So every day, we should wake up and say, I choose love. I choose God. I choose love. You know, the Bible says, choose life or death, blessing or cursing. So this is a daily, even a moment-by-moment -moment choice. A moment-by-moment -moment choice sometimes, throughout the day. Not once, not twice, but many times throughout the day, we need to say, I choose love, and I'm going to dip out of my spirit. <laughs> I'm going to dip out of my spirit. The spirit man needs to be stronger and more dominant and louder over the flesh. The price of not walking in love is too high. We have too much to lose. We need to be aware and conscious of that truth. We have too much to lose by not walking in love. Our faith is not going to work the way it should work if we're not walking in love. And that's a sober reality right there. That really hit me. It's like you can sit there with all your faith scriptures, your list of scriptures, your list of healing scriptures, but if I'm not walking the love walk, guess what? I'm deceiving myself. Really? I'm deceiving myself. Well, I, you know, I don't like wasting time. I'm like that kind of person. I don't want to waste my time. So if I'm wasting my time, you know, I don't like that idea. And I have over here... Just as faith people, you know, we've learned over the years, as faith people, we've learned how to talk. We, you know, none, 
we're probably not perfected in that yet, but you know, we've learned some things that you don't just say anything out your mouth. You know, you don't say, oh, that just kills me when you do that, and that blows my mind, and oh, you almost gave me a heart attack, and you know, it's like, we've learned not to say that kind of stuff. You know, we might not be perfected yet, but you know, we pretty much have learned to watch our words that we have, what we say, and so, Love people, watch their behavior. So, as faith people, we watch our words, but as love people, we do need to pay attention to our behavior because it matters. Just like our words matter for our faith, our actions, our love actions, or lack of love actions, it matters. It matters. That's my little side note in pink there. Okay, so praying in tongues will help strengthen me and us. Praying in tongues is a gift that strengthens our inner man. So that's something we can do more and more. I don't do it enough. Who really thinks that they pray in tongues enough? I, you know, I don't. I really don't. And, you know, you think about it, like, Praying, when we, we're praying in English so much and we're doing all the talking, it's just like, who are we kidding? You know, that's leaning on our own understanding, unless you're getting words from the Holy Spirit to speak out, but a lot of that is just leaning on our own understanding. You know, the, the well, it's in us. It's, and he gave us the Holy Spirit to dip in, to dip in and to pull out um, I think it was Pastor Nancy said that everything that God put in us has to be stirred up and pulled out. Ain't going to happen automatically. We have got to stir it up by praying in tongues more and more and more. More and more. And we must also renew the mind for the flow on the inside to come out. So we need to renew our mind and be sober in our mind about what the truth is, you know? And the truth is, if we're not walking in love, we're not on God's property. Every good thing God has put in me must be stirred up and drawn out. It's not automatic. We have the measure of faith, but it must be exercised, right? That doesn't happen automatically. Each person was given the measure of faith, but that doesn't just happen automatically. We have to exercise, we have to pull it out. And I have the spirit of love, but I've got to pull it out. I've got to live it. I've got to do it. I've got to be it. I've got to be it. I want to read this. Um, oops, sorry. Sorry. Um, oh, this one's on my phone because I don't have a new King James. I'm just going to put this down for a second. So this is Romans 13 in the New King James Version. And I'm going to start in verse 9 to um, 14, I believe it goes. So it says, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this say, saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So remember, we got that law living on the inside of us now. It's, it's inscribed onto our hearts. 
Our hearts are love hearts. They're love hearts. Verse 11, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep for now our salvation is nearer than, we f than when we first believed. And it was like, you know, we need to wake up and, and think soberly about this. We really do. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off all the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light, or you could also say the armor of love. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revel revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But here we go. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh. Where are we? Provisions, this is something Morgan was saying, Pastor Morgan, provisions of the flesh start in the mind. Love is pure and doesn't think ugly things about anyone. The flesh starts in the mind gathering thoughts against people. Thoughts affect behavior. God doesn't think unlovely thoughts about us. By the Spirit, I'm capable to be like him. So we're to cast down those ugly thoughts, and we're not to allow them. We're just not to allow them, and that's a full-time job, as we all know. It really is. But we can do it. You know, I, I've seen a difference in myself, the things that I used to allow myself to meditate on and go on and on and on in my head, driving down the mountain, you know, oh, and this, and oh, yeah, and that. But, you know, I've really, I've, I'm not there yet, but I've gotten better at saying, I am not going to think that. I'm just not going to think that. I ain't doing it. I'm just not going to think of it. We are told what we are to do with our thoughts. Right? We're told. Let's go to um, Philippians. Four eight. This is this is what we're to do with our thought life. In verse eight, it says, "And now, brethren, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing: fix your thoughts." Okay, so he wouldn't tell us to fix our thoughts if we weren't capable of fixing our thoughts. Okay, and so we're told to fix them. We, you know. I remember Pastor Robin saying, our mind is, our, my mind is my mind. Kenneth Copeland said it the other night in, in one of the meetings. He said, our mind is our mind. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about. So I have a little green note that says, what I allow myself to think on will influence my behavior. Yep. A little note there. Okay, where are we? So true love, and this, this is a point that um, Pastor Morgan really brought out that really, eh. you know, true love is not acting kind or patient on the outside, 
but having unkind, ugly, uh, unlovely stuff going on on the inside. How many know you can do that? You can do that. You can be patient with a rolling the eyes attitude. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Ask me how I know this. I know. You can do it. <laughs> we don't want to be somebody who curbs our flesh outwardly, but with rolling eyes and ugly thoughts on the inside. That's not love. That's not love. That, that, she was saying that that's just kind of law. When you're doing that, you're just doing the law because your heart is doing something different. We don't want to be somebody, I, I said that, um, love is of the heart and God sees the heart. He looks upon the heart and he knows what's really going on in there. I mean, we can hide it from other people by, you know, smiling and, oh, sure, you can get in front of me, you jerk, I can't believe you did that, you know? That's two different things going on there. It needs to really be from the heart. How many find that kind of ouchy? I'm like, hi. What does it say here? And if I will put, oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking about the illustration you hear about the little boy. I think I'm sitting down on the outside but standing up on the inside or vice versa. You know, it's that attitude. I'm going to do what you say, but on the inside, there's a whole lot of other stuff going on in there. So really, what the Lord was really impressing upon me is the condition of my heart. It has to match the behavior. And if it doesn't, then it's still not love. It's still, we're not there yet. But, you know, on the other hand, you got to start somewhere. you got to start somewhere, you know. You got to start, so start practicing being patient and, you know, keep praying in the Holy Ghost and soon you're really going to feel patient. <laughs> you know, really. I mean, it really starts somewhere. You got to start somewhere. We got to start practicing this and we got to start doing it. You know, start by just closing your mouth and not saying something when you really want to say something, even though you might have some stuff going on on the inside, you know, you're telling them off in your head, but at least we're starting, you know, I'm not saying it, I'm not, I'm not telling you to take a hike, you know, <laughs> like I want to, and you know, I, be, I yeah, not saying it, I'm just not saying it. <laughs> But, you know, we got to start somewhere. And I believe as we start to practice that, you know, just like with faith, you know, you start practicing not saying things instead of saying, you know, oh, you just, I laughed until I must have died, you know. We stop saying it until we start, can start saying the right words. So, you know, we got to start somewhere. So um, I believe, you know, yeah, curb your, curb your outward flesh outwardly. But the point is, don't ignore what's going on on the inside because it's not okay what's going on on the inside. So we have to remember that. Okay, yeah, well, I might not have said something, but it's also not good that I was thinking that either. So Lord, forgive me for even thinking that. You know. <laughs> the devil knows how to hinder my faith by tempting me to get out of love. He knows the cost of it. We need to be sober about the cost of it. Don't be ignorant about how he works. 
He works undetected to make me ineffective. He's a sneaky Pete. Recognize his place. See, this is what we need to do. Recognize his place in strife, irritation, impatience, unkindness. He's at work in that stuff. That's the flesh. He's, and I have here, don't let him egg me on. Don't take the bait. You know, and I was thinking, I, this is probably going to sound really silly to you guys, but you know, I got these pets at home. I've got these pets at home. And one of them is Bear, 15-year-old dog, and he tries my patience. He really does. Him and my little black chihuahua, I, I sit downstairs to have Bible time, and they want in and out, in and out, and up and down, and this is not exaggeration. Four, five, six times up at the door, back, down, sit down, you know, up and down, and it really tries my patience. And, and so the Lord has been teaching me even with that. You know, be patient with this old dog. You know, love this old dog when I'm ready to kick him to the neighbor's house, you know. <laughs> but, you know, when I get home from work, I got the cat meowing at the, in the garage. I got Bella yapping at me upstairs to hurry up and come up and feed her. I got Bear at the door wanting to go in and out. And then he's barking if you're not there fast enough for him. And I'm up and down the stairs and... And I'm practicing, I'm practicing this with these dogs. I really am. I thought, we can't care. It's not just with people, you know, and we need to practice our love walk in all things. In all things. And God is giving me this opportunity to practice at home with my pets. But it's true, because if I'm going to act all impatient with them and all grumpy with them, that's going to overflow over here too. It really is. I remember Kenneth Hagen, I mean, uh, Kenneth Copeland and Keith Moore did a message years ago about practicing anger. You know, and you kick the dog or you hit the computer and, you know, you're practicing that. That's, you're practicing that behavior and, you know, you practice it, it's going to show up in all areas of your life. So the Lord was really showing me that, you know, this is where you need to perfect this patience in this kind, you know, being kind to the old dog, you know, and I just get a little frustrated with him, but, you know, I'm, I'm practicing my love walk there, and it's, it's a daily thing. <laughs> it really is, but that, that's a practical thing, because if I, if I practice not being kind to them, I'm giving way to unkind behavior, and that's, that's not love. That's not love. God loves pets. It says so in Proverbs. So, as a final, this thing feels like it's going to come off. It is. Reminder. Love is always the answer in every situation. And I am never excused from love. Let's say that. I am never excused from love. God never is going to excuse us from it. He doesn't care what excuse you bring him. Well, Lord, they said this, or they did that, and... He doesn't care. He's, he's not going to say, oh, you're right. I understand. No. We're never excused from it. Love is love all the time. People's actions don't excuse me from love. Well, if he would stop doing that, then I would be more patient. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but seriously, we do that. We do that. 
when he starts doing this or when she starts doing that, then I'll be able to be more patient. Well, no, people's actions don't excuse me from love. But we let people's actions bring out the best in us, not the worst, not the flesh. We dip in to the love well. Love is always victorious. It's the way of the overcomer. And at the end of time, we will come to find out it was love that mattered most.